Welcome to Coffee with the Chiropractor, the podcast to help you unlock the secrets to improved health and wellness. Whether you're a chiropractor or chiropractic patient, we'll be traveling across the globe to talk to professionals who can help you to discover new ways to improve your health or the health of your patients. From chiropractors to osteopaths, personal trainers to nutritionists, we aim to help you in all of your needs. Here to host the show, a chiropractor, wellness coach, and life enthusiast, Dr. Patrick Hogg. Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee with the Chiropractor. It's your host, Patrick Hogg, and we're going to go over all the way to Scotland today. Uh, We're going just outside of Edinburgh. Actually, can you just tell us exactly where your practice is? Yeah, we're in the Scottish borders, about 40 miles south of Edinburgh, between Edinburgh and the English border. Amazing, amazing. Dom, can you just tell me where you're actually from originally? Is it Zimbabwe, if I remember that correctly? Yeah, born in Zimbabwe. So he's come all the way over from Zimbabwe to actually uh, spread his magic hands uh, across his patients. And actually, he, he is one of those guys that I met, I think it must have been about three, three or four years ago. I met him at a conference and he just made himself very vulnerable in the middle of a crowd. And he let the, the gentleman on the stage really pick him to pieces, but he, he stood his ground. And actually, I have to admit, I really admired him for what he actually did that day. And he's, he's one of these people that's, he's a chiropractic mentor. He has got an associate-based practice. He's got three associates that are currently working with him. But he's one of those people that his, if, you, if you ever reached out to him and asked him for help, he would always, 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 always want to help. Now, the, the, one of the other things I also admire a lot about Donald is his exceptional ability to handle incredibly complicated cases where a lot of people would actually turn their back. And so he's worked with some absolutely incredible people. He's worked with some absolutely incredible cases. And really, he dives very deep into the neurology of patients. In fact, he's actually worked with, I forget, was Doddy, he was um, part Doddy of the Weir. Welsh team. Is that correct? Or was it no, no, he's a, he was a Scotland rugby player and a British lion. There you go. So he's worked with Doddy Weir, and you've worked with him for nearly three years now? Three years, yeah. It'll, um, in, in August, uh, beginning, beginning of August 6th, it'll be three years. Amazing. And so, look, I'm going to let Donald introduce himself a little bit better because I know for a fact there will be so many things. Now, this is going to be a dangerous conversation because I know one <laughs> thing about me and Donald is we can both talk. We can both <laughs> talk. And so my next guest today is Donald Francis, and I've been super excited about this podcast. Thanks, Patrick. It's lovely for you to have me. I'm really delighted, actually. And I love talking about chiropractic particularly, so you get me on my favorite subject here away. Amazing. So, Donald, can you just cover any bits that maybe I've missed, maybe a little bit about how long you've been practiced uh, and maybe some of the ways that you practice um, and how you got into it? Okay, so uh, I'm a second career guy. I went to Palmer College when I was 32. And um, between 17 and 32, I spent 15 happy years in the British Army. And, um, you know, like everything, I would love the British Army until one day I didn't. And fortuitously, the very day I decided to leave, my very good friend and mentor, Dr. John Howard um, of SOT fame, um, phoned me up and said, what the hell are you still doing in the Army? And within 
Back in 2004, I used up a whole month's worth of dial-up internet as I looked around chiropractic colleges that day. And I picked on Palmer. And then three weeks later, I was sent to Iraq, because um, which was very exciting. I, you know, don't judge me, please. I actually quite enjoyed it. I, I got a lot out of it personally and put a lot into it. And, you know, I thought at the, whilst I would probably argue we would did the wrong thing, at the time I thought it was okay. Um, then I graduated from Palmer in 2009 and opened up my practice in the Scottish borders as a 36 year old. So, and I, I, that was, I've just been in practice just short of, um, just short of 11 years. Um, so I guess I'm probably from a technique perspective, most known as an SOT practitioner, but I'm, I don't want to be um, put into a box as an SOT chiropractor because I really think of myself as a chiropractor. I still use upper cervical specific toggle. I still adjust a, a cervical in a chair like I was taught at Gonstead class. I still side posture. I use drops when I need to, but all my thought process lines up within SOT thinking. Um, I'm a um, subsequently become a qualified craniopath, which is an SOT qualification. It's the highest level you can get in SOT. Um, takes about takes a few years and a few steps to get that. And um, I teach on behalf of SOTO Europe, um, around Europe, I teach seminars and technique. And I also teach adjusting seminars because one thing I found alarming when I was interviewing some chiropractors for jobs that they were actually very scared about adjusting and, and not that they badly taught, they just weren't, the adjustment wasn't framed in a way that I think they were able to utilize to their best advantage. Um, you know, an example, one of my students on one of my own seminars hadn't actually adjusted an atlas um, since graduating. So there we go. So I that's in a, so we are on a referral-based practice. Um, we've got four associates. We had four associates, got three associates now. And um, I quite like that. I like to see, I see one new patient a week, which is, which is, and I, I, I see one new patient a week because I like to see one new patient a week um, because I like new patients. So other than that, um, I'm in a very happy place where I don't really need new patients, which is a really, it's a very relaxing place to be in practice. That's brilliant. So look, I, I wanted to, to dive a little bit deeper with you because a lot of the conversations we've had with other chiropractors have obviously been uh, surrounding how we can look after ourselves, et cetera, et cetera, and, and, and sleep and, you know, a lot of the stuff that people generally know already. But something, like I said, that I, I, I admired about you earlier is your ability to understand the neurology, but also make it very simple for, for other people. Now, I wanted to, to take this podcast in the direction of really kind of talking about chiropractic and the, the, really the neurology. And maybe you could just describe some of the cases that you personally work with okay. so that people can actually understand maybe what chiropractic can help beyond neck and back pain. Okay. Let's just... Let's just simplify neurology down to what it really is, okay? I agree completely that if I touch my nose there, my hand knows where it is, my nose can feel me touching it, and there is some sensory input. So we're going to have our, our safety pin cycle, we're going to have sensory up, we're going to have a motor down. 
But when I move my hand to my, my nose, what I'm actually invoking is a set of learned programs. That is all we are. If I blink, 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 those are just a set of learned programs. When you hear me speak, you hear me speak with a, a, a sort of pseudo British accent, but you can hear my Zimbabwean tone underneath. And when I'm a little bit drunk or tired or super stressed, you might hear a, a much stronger, faster accent coming out with a lot more clip, okay? So what, what those are all are programs. And what you can see by my accent change is that my programs have morphed over time. Now, when I turn my head from side to side, I'm just using the cervical spine as a very simple example. As I move seven vertebra and seven sets of vertebral joints, what you're finding is each one of those movements is a learned program. Now, at some point in life, our body has to adapt to stress. And stress simply is, is anything that our body has to adapt to. So if we have to adapt to stress, stress is anything we have to adapt to. So an example of that, you know, um, two major stresses that we can't ever avoid is that every single day of our life, we have to stand up against gravity. And the second one is we're always moving towards the end of life. So no matter how well we stand up against gravity and how well we do that will have an extraordinary effect on how well we go through life. And that's, if that's the only reason people come to the chiropractor, that's a good one. Because if you can fight gravity better, you're going to live a better life. That is just... So what happens is we have a set of programs. And as I've explained with my accent, those programs morph over time. If I sit like this on a computer and over, over months, if not years, the programs that run my cervical spine have some interferences in them which stop them functioning properly. Perhaps some of the extensors are inhibited and some of the flexors are, are stretched. Some of the extensors are super short and some of but that, you know, a physiotherapist would understand that. Now, where does a chiropractor come in? Well, first and foremost, if those, if those programs stop working and our brain therefore gets out of the habit, that's really key, of firing those programs, not only correctly, but also in the correct sequence, we end up with those joints not functioning properly. And eventually that will lead to um, stasis. And eventually that stasis will lead to something which I'm happy calling subluxation because I went to coma but you, you call it whatever you like. Okay, now that stasis, that, that neurological dysfunction of the joint is in effect that joint not registering in the thalamus and the cerebellum properly. If it doesn't register properly in the thalamus and the cerebellum, the brain isn't going to engage it properly. And, and, if, and effectively, it's like a, a spiral. The joint stops working, so it stops reporting up here. So the brain stops using it properly, so it, you, it goes and fills. When you adjust a joint, any joint in the body, you send, regardless if it's the right joint, by the way, you send a very sharp, very well understood message straight into the brain. Now, if it's a joint, let's just hypothesize C5, C6 um, in the cervical spine, and your brain hasn't been using that joint for a very long time, and you give it an adjustment, you're gonna wake up all sorts of programs in your body, and you're gonna say, hey, brain, C5 and C6 here, 
you're not been firing them and all of a sudden you're going to wake it up but because for the previous 10 months 10 years or whatever the brain hasn't been engaging those that bit of neurology what you'll find is quite quickly it'll go back to sleep again so you need to wake it up repetitively because you've got to relearn the programs that your body's forgotten about so that's the first thing the second thing is we have that's a that's a local case so if you're in a more pain orientated practice you might focus on an area of pain and look at the specifics of a joint and that's great i however like to see a lot of complex neurological problems i like motor neuron disease i like multiple sclerosis parkinson's i've got a lovely young girl of seven who was almost completely paralyzed before she came and we've had some um, almost miracle-like, miracle-sounding um, re results. The reason I think we get these really good results is we look at the person as a whole, the whole person, not just as a, a set of 24 moving vertebral joints with a pelvis. What this means is when... Um, now this is my neurology. This is not neurology that I, I this is what I've, I, this is my understanding of it based on my work. This is not necessarily out of a textbook or something I've learned from anybody else. What seems to happen is our whole body actually gets slightly thrown off. Um, for proof of this, just get anybody to anybody to stand in front of you and measure the angle, measure the line across their shoulders, measure the line across their ears, and measure the line across their their hips, and be very accurate in it. And you will find that almost everybody is imbalanced. What happens is our body ends up in a three-dimensional spiral, and it does this. The more the more we're adapting to stress, the bigger the spiral. The less we're adapting to stress, the less of the spiral. Now my my current understanding of this is that when we're when we're in the spiral our brain our, our brain has lost its locus now what do i mean by that the brain has lost its absolute understanding about where the body is within time and space now i get it my my proprioceptors are still firing now, if my hand is here in some form of innate understanding my brain has a, a coordinate system whatever it uses to work out my hand is exactly there and if i close my eyes they should just meet i just missed it must be subluxated to say you need to adjust it <laughs> i do i do this COVID is killing me um should, should see my chiropractor tomorrow um so when we adjust so what i'm thinking of there is more of an atlas adjustment or using my sot world of bringing up the top and the bottom together as you i'm putting this word very and as you align the spine what you do is you bring the brain back onto center now if if the brain is back on center we have to understand that in principle by principle we are designed to heal in fact i have if you had a wound on your leg uh, a cut even if it was quite a wide cut you would have to go to extraordinary lengths to stop that wound from healing. Extraordinary length to stop that wound from healing. And so we're designed to heal. And if we can reorientate our brain and body together, 
our body has a really good chance of healing. And so with the um, motor neuron, you know, we have to be very careful as chiropractors. The first and foremost thing is I do not treat motor neuron disease. I do not treat Parkinson's. I do not treat multiple sclerosis. Agreed. I do not treat paralysis, okay? Mm -hmm. All I do is treat people and those people quite often have some neurological problems. And if you can accept as a fundamental basis that when we adjust somebody, we are waking up neurology and that if, that, if the brain can now re-engage with more purposeful neurology, the body will be better. So I'm aware I've spoken solidly there for about five minutes, five minutes. but there is, there is chiropractic 101, I think. Um, philosophically, I'm perfectly at home with words like universal intelligence and innate intelligence, but I don't use them often with my patients. I find that, that sometimes that's a bridge a little bit too far to cross. It gets a little bit complicated, and I think a, a few people maybe find it a little bit woo-woo. Um, just, uh, just, uh, it's yeah. just the stigma. It's just the stigma that surrounds it. I agree. And, but you know what? Um, actually, within chiropractic, there is far more in, we have far more in common than we, ha than we have apart. Um, we like the adjustment. I am a very straight chiropractor. I don't sell pills. Uh, actually, we do. We've got some vitamin D. We sell some vitamin D purely because you can't buy it where we live, and, and I think it's good. For you. But other than that, we don't sell anything else but chiropractic, not acupuncture, not massage therapy. We're just straight chiropractic. The reason for that is I don't think there's any harm. In fact, I like acupuncture, and I, I like having a massage and stuff, but they're not chiropractic. So I don't want people getting very, getting getting remotely confused about why they're at the chiropractor. They're at the chiropractor for chiropractic. If I think a massage would do them some good, I know lots of massage therapists and I'll refer them, you know, got an acupuncturist who's a friend, they can go there. But I'm straight chiropractor. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I agree that it can sometimes become very complicated when you, you mix the message and actually sometimes it is, it is easier to keep it straight. I have to admit, I'm I'm on the like more of the opposite end of the spectrum, but I took over a practice that was already uh, it was already integrated, it was already mixed, and so there's no there's no judgment there at all. No, I just not. Um, I just think um, you know we all do what our values are, and our values come out of our experience. So whatever we've experienced, whatever's worked for us, and in terms of values and chiropractic and whatever. Mm. 10 years ago, I graduated from Palmer, you know, great, the fountainhead, but I lacked certainty and I tried to ally myself as much as possible to what people would understand. Yeah, I can do that. I, I understand physiotherapy. Yeah, I can do that. You know, I understand muscle pain and stuff like that. But as I've gained greater success with chiropractic, my certainty's grown. And because my certainty's grown um, and my understanding has grown um, with what I do, um, I am really confident. And, you know, I'm one of those nerds that can look at somebody before I've even touched them and be fairly sure what's what I'm going to do to them and how they're going to react. So I, I love it. You know, and I think in chiropractic, I think we all need to live and let live. Um, 
what I do works, and I know, Patrick, we had a discussion before, you've got a really busy practice, and what you do works too. Um, just because what I do is different to what you do, they both work, and uh, I think we need to be a lot respectful of that. And I have to admit, I'm very similar to you. Uh, I've done a little bit of SOT. I'm, I'm not quite to the same level. Uh, I've done a lot of uh, Thompson technique. I've done a little bit of activator. Uh, and, you know, I use, diff I definitely, I use, I'm the same as you. I use different things for different people. I adjust what I feel like needs adjusting. I use a lot of the Thompson listings, but I don't necessarily always adjust Thompson drop style. No, so. I understand that. I think um, I think what a lot of chiropractic so it's not it's quite difficult to put within the the frame of a of a podcast necessarily. But I know when a patient gets off the table whether they're at ease or not at ease. Okay, and um, I know that regardless of how much pain they're in or what they came in for, I know when they're at ease or not at ease. And I've got various parameters. To understand that but that as a very base level you know are the shoulders level are the are the ears level and are the pelvis okay they talk if a lot they about are, that in Carrick as well that, that yeah. it was actually interesting that the um the point that you said earlier about the spiral Carrick Carrick institute looks at that quite a lot as almost that kind of torque based thing with the shoulder dropping forward on one side and the hip rolling out on the other and so that's actually something that because we use posture screen in our clinic so it's one of our outcome measures for seeing yeah. and communicating those, almost those neurological changes that change in the tone of certain neurons going to certain muscles. And we use it as a, similar to what you were saying earlier. We, we use the, the, the structure to almost communicate the, the function of the nerve system and how actually we can start to see the dysfunctions or the changes in tone. Oh, I'd be really interested to do some correct actually. I was having just done, having finished my cranial exam, but I, I believe I understand why the twist happens. In fact, I'm fairly sure, but I'm not going to say it because there's so much chiropractic is so full of judgment. If I say something, no, it's not, that's not what I see. So um, I believe I understand it when I have enough, um, I believe I understand it, and I will discuss it in private with somebody. But when I've got enough information, I will try and tell the world why I believe it happens. And I would refer anybody to Dr. the work of Dr. John Howard from Oxford. He's got a new cranial principle, mm -hmm. uh, and it is pretty. It's pretty. It's changed. His Dr. John Howard. That's craniofacial dynamics. And once I really understood that, um, it changed my practice. Now. You know, I use SOT, but I actually, if I was um, if I was required to, I could do an amazing SOT adjustment in about ninety seconds. Actually, um, people might disagree with me, but the principle the principle is there um, because we, we're just changing the neurology back to the brain, and that is, it, there's no um, there's no there's no time. Um, People get very fixated on the do. So I'm very much into a principle you may have heard of called be, do, have, be, do, have. And, and um, you know, drawn out, be, do, have means it's who you are that determines how well what you do works and therefore what you have. So you can have two chiropractors, both going to AECC, both attend the same seminars, both work in the same clinic, and they'll get alarmingly different results in numbers, in 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 outcome measures, 
in finances and everything. And the big difference there is the B part. It's who you are. You know, so people are really fixed in, in, um, in, well, in our profession, uh, on the, on the do, you know, what is it you do? And well, the answer is I, I do chiropractic and why are your results so good? Because I honestly believe this It's because I be, I am a chiropractor. I think chiropractic, I live chiropractic. You know, my oldest son has, my oldest son went to a general practitioner for the first time at 13. Um, not because we're weird, wacky parents, because he just was never sick enough to go to the doctor. Um, my daughter broke her arm. So she, my daughter appears on the medical records of, of Scotland twice. She was born that initiated a hospital visit and she broke her scaphoid in a skateboarding accident when she was about 11. Those are her two appearances. Um, so, you know, I live as a chiropractor. I, I absolutely live my message. Um, it was funny. It's funny you should say about how often you guys go to the medical uh, medical doctor. Because actually, funny enough, when I applied for my mortgage this year, I realized that the, the last time that I went to go and see my medical practitioner was to get my fitness to practice license. And prior to that, I think it was about another five years prior to that, which was just that was as I started university. And I, do you know what? We started adjusting each other when I when we in year two. And I, I, get, yeah. I kept getting chronic tonsillitis. We were adjusting each other really, really badly at school. And for, I couldn't, and I, I'd never, ever got sick like that before. And it was in my second year at chiropractic school. And I just kept getting tonsillitis. I'd shake it and it would come back. And I'd shake it and it would come back. And I'd shake it and it would come back. But I did refuse to get my tonsils removed. Okay. Mine were removed for me when I, actually, there's a story and then, and, and the reason my first chiropractic adjustment was given to me in 1977 on a, a sofa in Salisbury, Rhodesia, which is now Harare, Zimbabwe. And the reason was, and the, the irony of this just knocks me in the nuts every day. Um, my, I couldn't have my tonsils out because I, I kept, we lived out in the middle of the bush and I couldn't get healthy enough to go into hospital to have my tonsils out. So I went to the chiropractor and after being adjusted, I was then healthy enough for long enough <laughs> to have my tonsils taken out. And the fact that that never really, you know, it never measured on us as a family that all we had to do really was go to the chiropractor. Um, so, yeah, I did a uh, podcast with a gentleman called Keith Wasung who was in a uh, very, yeah, very, yeah. Yeah, very similar position where, honest to God, like the guy couldn't have been any sicker if he tried. And he was in a supermarket with someone, it was, it was a shopping mall somewhere and someone recommended a chiropractor to him. And he was like, no, my dad was, I think he said his dad was a medical doctor. And he was like, no, I'm not, I'm just not doing it. It's not happening. And his friend was like, well, look, what have you got to lose? And now he was given three months to live and he's, he didn't have a family. He didn't have kids. Now he's got something like six kids. He's been married for 20 years and he's uh, teaching people all across the world about chiropractic because similar kind of yeah, scenarios. Yeah, he's a great advocate. Actually. He produces some really good uh, content for use on social media. Yeah, he's amazing. So look, 
Donald, I'm very aware of your time. And so I would love to ask you just a couple more questions, which is look, if, if, if someone's maybe in a little bit of if trouble, maybe they've got some like serious neurological conditions, what kind of advice could you give someone in that kind of position, maybe to improve or, or, or actually sustain what's going on with actually letting things get obviously significantly worse? So if, they, if they've got serious neurological conditions and they're not seeing a chiropractor, okay, let's just, just assume they're out there in life, is the honest answer is reduce your, reduce your requirement for your body to adapt to stress. Just eat as close to what you understand human beings should eat as possible. Move if you can. Even if it's a little bit painful and you're not making it worse, move because movement is the brain's food. You know, without movement, our brain goes to sleep. So you have got to move. Reduce your chemical stress, reduce your physical stress, and reduce your medical stress. Your medical stress, reduce your mental stress. You know, learn to meditate, learn to do something that's going to take you away from that sympathetic fight or flight um state so that so the first thing is chiropractic helps your body in its adaptation to stress stress is anything we have to adapt to so dd palmer called it thoughts are emotional stress trauma physical stress or toxins three t's but you could easily just say emotional stress physical stress and chemical stress so if you are ill if you've got COVID 19 if you've got whatever you've got in life or whatever you want to avoid Reduce your body's requirement to have to adapt to those stresses. Okay. If you can't move your legs and your arms, move your spine. The spine sends about 80% of all the neurological brain food that the brain needs from the body. What I mean by that is the 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 in the this this the, the sensation of movement. About 80% of what the brain needs comes from the spine. And if you really want to know, about 80% of what the spine sends comes from the neck because it's the bendiest part that keeps our, our massive brain on top. So avoid, it's not avoiding the stress. That's, I like a bit of stress, 